Good Friday morning to you. Good Friday morning to you. I am Chris, the host of Creative Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope your day is going amazing. I know that it has been some time uh, since I've done a podcast episode. I think the last one might have been the Mercy Seat, but I don't know how many weeks ago that was. And I just have to, you know, give announcements and um, just share some things before we get started with our Friday podcast. You know, when I started this podcast some years, uh, it's probably two, two, three years ago, uh, you generally would get four episodes. Um, basically an episode of me sometimes it was me and then over the you know the last couple of years especially with faith conversations you see me and guests and I'm also going to school and I'm working and sometimes you know realistically I I, uh, have been thinking about the podcast and, and directions it's going in and what what works for where I am right now in my life you know we call this assessment and as I assess you know, what I can realistically do, my goals, uh, updated goals, if you will, are to try to do two episodes a month, because trying to do four uh, with work and school and life is, it doesn't always happen, and I do apologize, so moving forward, you'll get two episodes a month. I'm going to try to get better at doing maybe one at the, at the beginning of the month and one at the end and maybe doing some um, either personal reflections or rebroadcasting some of the episodes that people have not you know heard. So there's always content, but it's really an ongoing development. And I do apologize uh, for any inconveniences because I completely and sincerely appreciate every listener, whether you hit play and just heard good morning or you listen to the whole entire podcast, please know I appreciate you immensely. We have about 187 episodes. I could not do it without the support of uh, my wife, the support uh, and, and assistance from our spiritual dad, J.M. Triplett, all of the amazing guests that we've had. And I can't name all of them because I don't want to miss anybody. And that last but never least, you, the listeners that listen all around the world. I'm amazed every time I look at the statistics and look at and see people in cities that I've never visited or in in, a, in countries in the UK or, or sometimes maybe Asia, just, just it, it widely varies. And I sincerely from the bottom of my heart appreciate every single listener. So I just wanted to let you know that from now on, there'll be two episodes a month from this podcast. I'm going to try to switch it up and maybe do one of me doing teaching and then another of a guest. And right now, I literally have two emails um, sent out for a guest. One of them is in the uh, uh, stage of confirming for September the 29th. And when that's confirmed, I'll come back and do like a video with an announcement about that. And then I have another one that I sent out uh, a guest as well. So just want to let you know what's going on. So you know, so we're gonna get to our lesson today. Let's before we do it, let's let's pray. Shall we gracious God? We thank you for your kindness, for your mercy, for your grace, for your infinite love. We just thank you for your faithfulness and for your mercy, for your kindness and compassion, for loving us deeply and immensely. 
overwhelm us with your love, mercy, and grace. Exceed our imagination. You're my God forever. You're my El Shaddai. We just thank you, oh God, for all you're doing in us, through us, and around us. Help us today with every single task that we're trying to do and carry out. We give you all the honor, the glory, and the uh, praise. Help us be light and mercy and grace to all that we meet. We cast every care, every thought, everything that we have before you with an attitude and an awareness that you're the God that sees, you're the God that hears, you're the God that delivers, you're the God that protects, that you are with us and for us. Help us as we continue to grow in the nature and knowledge of who you are and who you want to be for us as we carry out the mandates and the calls that you have placed on our lives, to every sector, to every place and space that you're calling us to go. Help us, be with us. We know that you are. Give us the unction, give us the wisdom, give us the revelation, give us whatever it is that we need. We just know that you will, and we just keep walking and moving in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's uh, start with this. Uh, today, it's uh, John 13, 13, 16. It says, uh, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so am I. I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. I don't necessarily have a, a theme. It hasn't come to me yet. You know, maybe, you know, while I'm talking, Jesus will tell me what the title of this is, but we're calling this Friday uh, podcast devotions walking through the scriptures, talking about, you know, what it means for our everyday life. And this one is, you know, teacher, Lord, master, what it means for everyday life. There it is. See how Jesus worked that out? Okay, let's go. So John 13, we have a lot of things going on. Because I always tell you it's important to know in the context of who, what, when, where, and why, and, and what's happening. So in John 13, we find ourselves right before the Passover festival. We have a meal that occurs during the scripture between Jesus and disciples happening. We have Jesus predicting his betrayal and sub, sub, subtly telling Judas to leave and complete his conspiracy to happen later in the chapter. You also have the Jesus washing his disciples' feet. You have Simon Peter asking the Lord in the earlier verse, Lord, you going to wash my feet? And then you have Peter, it's like, oh, you will never, you know, wash my feet. It's interesting when you look at the, the previous uh, scriptures, because when we're talking about the background of what's going on with washing your feet, why that was considered lowly is because of the era that it was in. But before we get to that, you know, here's, here's the context. Jesus has trained his disciples for three years, yet they didn't understand. These disciples have called him master and teacher and rabbi and Lord. And it had even been revealed to Peter that he was the Christ, the seed of the woman, the anointed of God, the Messiah of Israel, the son of the living God. Yet the disciples still didn't understand. So Jesus set about explaining in this context, who he was and what was uh, what he represents and just trying to prepare them because all along he's trying to prepare them for what's going to happen. And you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so for it is what I am. You know, washing of the feet is, like I said, is considered lowly during this era because it was always done by someone of lower status for someone of higher status. That's why Peter's first re uh, reaction was at, to absolutely refuse such a gesture. Peter also assumed that, you know, or at least it said that Peter was also assumed that Jesus was denying his own role as Lord, yet 
Jesus has already clarified that this is not the case. In fact, he's strongly embracing his authority over this, over the over disciples more so. Jesus is not lowering his authority. He's eliminating the excuse to shirk humility and service. Because when we think about leadership, what it means to lead people, to lead yourself, if you will, it is uh, the attitude, the theme that servants are not greater than their masters. A person cannot point to something their Lord does and says and say, I'm too important, uh, too valuable, too good for that. You know, it makes me think of in context of uh, experiences in uh, church ministry. Uh, when uh, the pastor used to say, you know, every, there's there's no tasks that are too great, too high for 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 uh, leaders within the church, whether you're the pastor or whether you're a deacon or whether you're a member. If 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 the assignment or the need is to cut the grass or to cook or to help do something, it's not a, a hierarchy, if you will. You know, everything is service, and you know, the attitude of our heart is to serve in love and to serve in hu humility washing their feet was not meant to contradict the idea of Christ's master. Instead, it said it draws a hard line that challenges our normal sense of what leadership means. Because sometimes you think about this in current context, the leadership means I'm a boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss. And I'm not picking fun at that or saying that that's wrong. You know, there are people that are moguls that are bosses. But to being, to being a boss doesn't just mean the high top tier task or the deep thinking uh, 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 innovation idea task. It's also the task that people consider lowly. And, and in many cases, I often think of my own dad who says, um, the standard is always excellence. So whether you're the CEO or the janitor, do it with excellence. Let people know that when, when they call on you, you're going to give it your all, you're going to give it your best. You, there's nothing that's too good for you to do. It also establishes common love and support as a fundamental part of living out the Christian faith. More so, Jesus will go on to explain when the master performs a task, servants don't get to dismiss that same actions as beneath them. Jesus crushes the benchmark of that's beneath me all the way to the floor because the greatest of all leaders, Jesus Christ, worked in humility and service to others. Ultimately, you know, no Christian, regardless of status, title, role, or reputation, has a right to turn up their nose at sacrificial service. You know, think about this not just in, in terms of church or not just in terms of service in a ministry, per se. I think of this in terms of, of everyday life. In my own life, I can remember the experience when I lived in Florida and was working at the library. And, um, you know, I think what was happening, it was uh, they had done some, I think we got shelves. And so the library had been in disarray. I literally was, you know, sharing an office with my boss at the time while, you know, while they put the shelves up. And then, and I had moved some things around the desk and things like that. And so IT uh, was coming back to install the computer, but they wouldn't install the computer because there was like dust and, and debris and stuff on the floor underneath the desk. And so I went ahead and got a vacuum and vacuumed out, you know, the bottom of the desk area so I could, you know, set my computer down and get back to my job. And I remember while I was vacuuming, my boss uh, at the time came in and saw me and she was very upset. And she was like, well, why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, IT said they weren't going to put that computer down and hook it up unless I vacuum this area. And she was like, you know, her 
her response was they don't they only ask certain people to do that they don't ask others so I think that was her concern but as I was explaining to her I understood her point I said but you know in my mind I was just and and, and the reason I was was vacuuming is because I want my computer down I didn't find it lowly that I was a librarian or you know staff member at the lab and I was vacuuming I didn't have a problem with that it's it, it, it was a t in my mind. It was a task that needed to be done. It wasn't lowly to to run the vacuum. It, it was, you know. But but I I think that it always depends on the context and depends on the person and the reality that people have different experiences and how do we honor all of those experiences? And that's what I was thinking about. You know, service being in service means you know sometimes you'll be called to do a lot of different things. To, depending upon the spaces that you enter, the spaces that you work in, and the spaces of your everyday life. Um, Oswald Chambers writes, I believe it's Oswald. Hope I'm getting this right. Um, I can't remember the other link of, of, of this conversation. If I find it, I'll cite it. But it says to have a master and teacher is not the same thing as being mastered and taught. Having a master and teacher means that there is someone who knows me better than I know myself, who is closer than a friend, who understands the remotest depths of my heart and is able to satisfy them fully. It means having someone who has made me secure in the knowledge that he has met and solved all the doubts and uncertainties and problems in my mind. To have a master and teacher is this and nothing less, for one is your teacher, the Christ. I think that is so deep, that is so powerful uh, when you really think about that in, in uh what it means for our daily life. I think the thing that gives me encouragement and empowerment is to thinking about, you know, the experience of Christ as a, as a relational or and or God is a, a relational experience. It's being known, it's being seen fully at the depths of our heart, thinking about not only did God, how God rescues us, but how he retains us, he receives us, he loves us, he sees us. I'm saying he, but you know, it isn't just he. There's, I think when we think about God, it's, it's a wide array of uh, genders. Uh, but I'm just saying in the greatest context, I, I find comfort in the relational experience of being known fully that, you know, Christ makes us secure. That's, that's deep and powerful to me. Teacher, master, and Lord, though, it is said, have little place in our vocabulary. And, it, and, and I was reading how a writer was saying we often prefer the words savior, sanctifier, and healer. But you know, when I think about it, I think it's all of them. More than one thing can be true at the same time. And things don't have to necessarily be mutually exclusive. You know, when we think about uh, the experience of being mastered, that is love. And it's often said that we know little about love. And I think that's oftentimes when, when people write, we don't know uh, a, a lot about love. It's not necessarily to, to discount people. I just think sometimes people have not thought about the wide array, use, interpretation, application, meaning, uh, did I say implication, of love as it relates to love, you know, that God has for each of us, love in specifically in relational experiences and how that's such a wide array of uses and a wide array of interpretations. It's interesting too, because I was reading where it says the, the way we use the word obey is proof of this because it was saying in the Bible, obedience is based on a relationship between equals. For example, that of a son with his father, our Lord was not simply God, uh, 
simply God's servant, he was his son, though he was a son. You know, that whole idea, that stream of intersectionality of more than one thing can be going on at the same time or multiple identities within one thing. And as if we are consciously aware that we are being mastered. Mastered in the sense, when I think about this, not in the sense that somebody is over you and telling you, do that now. That's, that's not really what it means. Because I was looking up, and I'm probably jumping all over uh, my notes. Forgive me. But I, was, I think it's important. When we think about obey, obey means uh, to comply with the direction of request. Uh, and, I, and that gets to that because it's saying if we're consciously aware that we're being mastered, the idea itself is proof that we are, have no master. If that is our attitude toward Jesus, we are far away from the relationship he wants with us. Because oftentimes when we think about how obey is used in, in many settings, it's more like overseeing you to the point that I'm going to tell you what to do. And if you don't do what I say, then, you know, to heck with you. I'm just going to say it that way. That's not necessarily what's really meant there, friends. That, that's, that's not what that is. You know, when we think about the relationship that Christ wants with each of us, me, you, us, uh, he wants us in relationship where he's our master and teacher that we have no conscious awareness of it, a relationship where all we know is that is that we are his to obey. And we say obey in this context, it means to comply with the direction or request. It means acting in, in alignment with who God says that be you us are. You know, disobedience is not in the sense of that you just don't follow what nobody tells you to do. It's, disobedience can be making excuses. Disobedience can be, you know, acting out of alignment with our truest identity. And when God is trying to show us who we are in our relation, relational experiences, it's an invitation to our truest identity. And the fact that when we think about our truest identity, that there's often multiple identities that we have. Food for thought. I just want you to think about that in terms of our of our life and what it means. And I personally find that deeply empowering, deeply encouraging, and I hope you do too. Feel free to share with uh, us in the podcast what you think. Encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com. That's all I have for your day for you today. I hope something was said that ministers, encourages, empowers your heart that you know deeply deeply, immensely, that you are seen, that you are valued, that you are enough, that you are appreciated, that you are loved beyond measure. And if no one has told you today that they love you, come here. I love you. Hope you have a great day. Great rest of your week. Peace. See you next time.